0: Sergeant, make it spin. Spin?
1: Sir, it doesn't spin. What? It has to spin. It's round. But spinning is so much cooler than not spinning. I'm the General. I want it to spin. Now. Yes, sir.
2: Hey, look at
3: that.
1: Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm David.
3: I'm Brent. And I'm Rowan. And despite those other two voices you just heard, this is indeed the Other Side of the Gate, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast, uh, with normally it's just David and me, but uh, we have two new guests today. Well, one new guest and one other guest. In any case, (laughs) we are a semi-regular podcast where we usually talk about plot points of recent or maybe slightly older episodes of Stargate SG-1, and then... We talk about how they have impacted or will impact the show going forward. And we try to call out various things here and there that you should have been paying attention to. Indeed. Uh, Zach and I have both watched the
0: show a bunch of times. It can be a bit trivia obsessive, like any good geek can be. Uh, We love it when we see the little details, knowing they're going to, oh, that's an important plot point two years from now. (laughs) And knowing, again, (laughs) it's going to be important someday. I'm also a bit of a research nerd, voluntary research that is, and I'm happy to spend a lot of my time uh, chasing trivia, probably too much time, but that's me.
3: Yep. On Walking Through the Stargate, the podcast, uh, Brent and I review each episode in order. Uh, tomorrow we're going to be reviewing uh, Nightwalkers. Night yeah. To put walkers. that into context with y'all. Uh, Brent, wa- we each watch episode. Brent's watched it all this for the first time, and I've seen it many times, and we talk about it. Uh, if you're listening to this, you already know that that's what we do. But within the context of all that, we try to stay spoiler-free to keep Brent's experience Aww. and reactions pure because we love you, Brent. Aww, yeah. thanks, guys. Oh, you're so nice. On this show, reason. though, we can talk about anything we want to. <laughs> well, usually.
0: I mean, spoilers are usually allowed here, but now Brent's here. Hi! So, <laughs> so in this episode, we've got something a little bit different. Guests, yay! And Woo. with guests... Um, We got a different show format. We're still going to look at subjects you should have been paying attention to, but this time with a different perspective. Uh, Well, before we get to all that, Brent or Zach, how do they get in contact with us?
1: Do you want me to do it? Sure, why not? Go for it. Okay, all right. Hey, I got to read the email address. Oh, shoot. Okay, so there are one, two, three, four, five different ways that you can engage with us and acquire content and or provide content. The easiest way to get a hold of us is by sending us an email at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-Y-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Woo! Guys, I did it! I did it! I did it! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Good job. Um, we got a We got a website. Uh, it's WTTS.space. Space! space. space. Uh, and if uh, WTTS.space is too confusing to remember, we did acquire the walkingthroughthestargate.com domain. I thought that that was way too many letters, so we didn't do it at the first. But we did. We got both. So if you type in either, you end up in the same spot. Uh, there's a Facebook page and a Facebook group. The page is a thing, and the group is good. I think I don't do Facebook
0: that's where all the conversation
1: is yeah yeah. I mean, yeah I'm glad that you guys have it it's it's good that y'all have a space but I think that Facebook anyway um then there's Twitter uh, the Twitter handle is at Stargate walking uh, I control the Twitter handle and it is just as um, social media-rific as you would expect a grumpy old man to have so um, <laughs> it's a once a week uh, thing it's 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 turning into twice a week thank you david for being the manager that reminds me (laughs) that i need to tweet about the predictions i appreciate that um so there's that and then lastly the patreon which i'm assuming that everybody who's listening to these words right now you already know about the patreon but if you need to tell somebody else about it it's patreon.com slash walking through the stargate there you go
3: awesome uh so this show speaking of patreon uh, is produced for our Patreon supporters as a thank you for supporting Walking Through the Stargate. Uh, I'm going to call it the Walking Through the Stargate franchise.
1: Oh, we got a franchise? Wow. Nice. Dang.
3: Because we got the other side of the gate, and we got Stargate Second Chances, and we are getting ever so closer, little bit at a time, oh, yeah. Yeah, to right. watching Stargate Infinity. Yeah. Uh, and so that all of that content will show up here on Patreon first, uh, long before it reaches the main feed. Uh, So, if you are listening to this now, I say thank you very much for listening, and if you are a Patreon, which you're listening to right away, I say thank you very much. Uh, And, you know, if you have a few shekels and you want to throw them our way, we'll make good
0: use of them. Absolutely. And in any one of these various formats that you want to get a hold of us and throw stuff at us in terms of ideas, (laughs) well, not... (laughs) physically throw things more ideas yeah i know again words fall out of my face and they're not always the correct words but you get the idea uh we're always looking for suggestions for future shows because otherwise it's just up to zach and myself to come up with ideas and it's not always a good thing sometimes it is a good idea but
3: your vote counts we appreciate your opinion on that so speaking of that, David, yes. uh, we did get an email that I need to forward to you okay. uh, about something that might work as a topic. So I will forward that to you nice. right now. Well, I'm not going to go read it speak. right now, but I look forward to it. <laughs> I know, but if I do it now, I remember doing awesome. it. Awesome. There's the email. There you go.
0: So, as I said, for this episode, we're not going to be nearly as... Okay, we're not going to be spoilerific at all in this class. If we do, we'll just tell Brent... Put your earpods... Your yeah, I already get, got... You know, plug your ears or something like that. Uh, but, yeah,
1: I'm not sure. I, I guess I'd have to like, give you guys a countdown. We'll give I wouldn't you, be able to hear you. Or something like that. Yeah, okay.
0: I, I, we'll try Fine. to avoid it. Sure, um, thank you. So, what we are going to do in this episode, though, is we're going to get some real-world sp- perspectives into some aspects of Stargate. Everyone brings their own background, insight, and baggage when they engage with fiction. Now, I've got stuff I've read that I just can't get into it. I don't know why. I, for example, I realized the other day I hadn't read a book from cover to cover in about 10 years. And I figured out mm-hmm. the reason. We won't go into it here. So I'm deliberately trying to read a book right now.
4: Mm-hmm. But that Ooh. was
0: kind of my baggage. I had a mental block on reading stuff. So everyone brings something into it. Um, For example, I'm a computer guy. That's what my chosen profession is, even though for one year in college, I thought I'm gonna be a history major because (laughs) I like history. Well, it's actually because I couldn't get into the computer program at my college and history was an easy end because who wanted to be a history major? Hey. Uh, Hey. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I eventually got out of that. And as a, quote, computer guy, when I'm watching a, a show that starts involving computers, I go, hmm, what are they doing? There's four hands on that keyboard. That does not work. <laughs> you can't have two people programming the same computer at the same time. It just doesn't work that way. And there is a show that has done but that. But if you're really special, you can. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose you get two mice and you, know, you get the left keys, I get the right keys. We'll code it there. But I I tend to take that point of view on computers of, as I said, Samantha Carter, I'm going to write a new dialing algorithm to speed things up. No, it's mechanical. I mean, okay, fine, whatever. Or like they used to do in the early episodes with websites they brought up. When you look at it and go, that's not a website, that's just a JPEG. Yeah. (laughs) But, But that colors my opinion. In some cases, when I see technology being used wrong, I just go, nah. Not for me because these showrunners are stupid and they don't know how to use a computer. Mm -hmm. But
3: that's me. Uh, Zach, what about you? So uh, I went to college and I studied music and religion. I then went to seminary. So I am a theologian by trade. That's what I do. Uh, And so whatever I see, I see theology in it. I see how uh, it speaks to that spiritual realm of things. Uh, and so, with whenever I am engaging with fiction and science fiction and such, uh, I am always looking at the, the ways that uh, science and religion uh, interact, uh, sometimes uh, with resonance and sometimes with dissonance. Sometimes uh, it sounds good, sometimes it sounds terrible, uh, sometimes they fight. Uh, I'm always looking at it with that lens to see uh, how uh, how it affects us as as beings that that engage with both physical and spiritual things. That's a short way of talking about that. <laughs> we get the idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, Brent. Mm-hmm. What about you? Uh, yeah, I mean,
1: you two have a very like like obvious like connection between this is what I studied, this is what I do. Um, I was the history major. Um, uh, originally I thought I was going to be an attorney, you see. And so what better way to go to get into law school than to have a history degree, which is apparently what everybody does, but, um, easy in uh, something, uh, but yeah, I mean, like I was one of a bunch of people that were getting a history degree from my, from my university. Um, but there is a lot of, um, appreciating and understanding complex people systems that happen when you really dive into the story of groups of folks, um, and you dive into how that study is interpreted and uh, biased by the people that are trying to tell the story. And um, so the academic study of of a people and their own story is a very intriguing um, way to sort of unpack people in general. Like in some ways, people are people, and in other ways, it, cultures that are not your own are. They might as well be from another planet. Um, It's really a lot of fun. Uh, How it translated into my professional life is like a long circuitous route um, because I currently work in education uh, as an information manager. And uh, uh, I am more specifically a person who guides um, a group of other people who make decisions on how to get knowledge from one person's brain into another. Um, how to get something from a teacher's mind into the parent's mind, how to help a teacher get something from their mind into the student's mind. Um, and so, how history and in that inter- interweaves has everything to do with the people problem, right? So, fo- like, people are um, very interesting bags of meat and electricity. And trying to come up with like logical ways to do something sometimes is hilariously just the wrong direction to go. And acknowledging that people are complex and people sometimes make choices that don't really line up with what is rational but you still got to navigate that system and you intersect that with like the ones and zeros of data management holy moly there's all sorts of interesting problems that have to get solved (laughs) so when i'm looking at like science fiction and things i'm coming at it from like this multi like this multiplicitous uh, uh aspect of looking at it kind of this triangulation of um you know what is this society about what has been their story Uh, how did they get to where they are? And then there's all these like individual moments, like we've had episodes before where like the main, um, uh, you know, the main guest protagonist basically is a child. And those ones always just slay me. And it's because I work in the education of young people. And so like being around really caring, passionate people who want these young learners to be the best that they can be, and then like live that life like you you end up resonating with that. And when you see it done poorly, even if it is in fiction, it just kind of irks me and drives me nuts. So that's that's what I do. There we go.
3: Yeah. So these are our perspectives as the hosts of this show. Uh, All three of us are different in some capacity. We agree in some ways, we disagree in other ways. Uh, But that is where the joy of human life enters the equation for me. We are all different. We all have a different perspective. We have a different uh, set of uh, guiding principles. And as we work together and communicate through those, that's where the fun really begins. Uh, And that's that's why I do things like podcast. That's just, there you go.
0: And that brings us to our specific subject and to our second guest, who has been very patiently listening to all this.
4: <laughs>
0: Brent, would you do the honors to introduce our very special guest and how you found them and lured them onto this podcast?
1: Oh, boy. Yes, I will. I'm super <laughs> excited to do this. So, um, oh, gosh, was it? I don't know. i a few weeks ago, a month ago, or whatever. Every now and again, I will go to the Infinite Wisdom of the Internet and I will say, Infinite Wisdom of the Internet, tell me, Tell me about this podcast that these two yahoos do called Walking Through the Stargate. And what I'm really doing is that I'm trying to see if there's been any talk about the show for a couple of reasons. First, to just be aware, but secondly, you know, just to kind of understand if. Um, if we see a rise in the number of subscribers, why might that have happened? Um, you know, that's something that's kind of interesting to me. Well, so I'm at the great and mighty powerful Googles and I type in walking through the Stargate podcast and I start going through some of the results. And then here's this Tumblr of this archeologist who makes mention that they're listening to the show and that they're super interested in, um, doing a intersectional podcast of archeology span and Stargate, but they don't have the time or energy to do it. And like, I looked at this and I'm like, this is a great idea. Like, I mean, I get it. Like, I understand how doing creative pursuits can sometimes be a big pain in the neck. You got to have time and talent and energy for it. No question about it. But I was like, I wonder if they'd be interested in just having a casual conversation with us. So I emailed them and I'm all like, hey, this is Brent from that podcast that you're listening to. (laughs) Come flying out of the sky and you know, like, hello. (laughs) (laughs) I saw words. Uh, and I said, would you be interested in having a conversation with us? And they said, yes. And so, um, yeah. So hi, Rowan.
2: Hi. Hello.
1: Thank you for joining us. I'm
2: so glad to be here today.
1: And Rowan is, you are a person who earns a paycheck with digging around in the dirt, looking for stuff that other people left in there. Strange, but true. Uh huh. Uh, tell us a little bit about, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
2: Uh, well, I started doing archeology span when I was four, Wait, is that too far back? Oh. No, that was <laughs> well, that's fine, that's fine, <laughs> that works. <laughs> so when my mom wanted to get rid of me for a few hours, she would bury a handful of loose change in my sandbox and say uh-huh. that pirates had come in the night and buried treasure. Oh. <laughs> and I would be out there for hours with my little sieve and she would have a quiet morning.
3: Oh, that's so fun. That's awesome.
2: So fast forward a few years, uh, I went to the UK to do my degrees. I got my undergraduate in Scotland, my um, master's degree in England at the University of Sheffield.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
2: so I know a lot about Vikings and medieval (gasps) stuff. Nice. But then my student visa ran out and I had to come back
1: to the mm-hmm. U.S. <laughs> um, Where we don't have Vikings or medieval not stuff.
2: Not very much.
1: Well, um. I mean, I, g- I guess we have stuff from the medieval era, but it's very different.
2: Yes. So <laughs> I have been uh, traveling around the U.S. working on various projects and with various companies since about 2005.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And... Uh, I've been based out of the Pacific Northwest since 2011.
4: Mm-hmm. Cool.
0: So would you say you're uh, an Indiana Jones archeologist, an Alan <laughs> Quatermain archeologist, Daniel Jackson, Laura Croft, I mean, all the famous archeologists.
2: we right, know. And I forgot. I mean, I did grow up on Indiana Jones and I, I loved that stuff, but uh, it's not really like that anymore. Really? <laughs> like,
0: anymore? Oh, time, you used to be? But, uh, <laughs> So you we, don't carry a sword and a whip and a gun?
2: It's kind of frowned on now. I do have a oh. machine. <laughs>
0: well, it's been fun talking uh, to you. Yeah. Um, I would say so looking for media
2: that accurately portrays archaeology as it is in the United States, you want the movie Holes.
0: <laughs> Holes? Yeah. I haven't seen it, but I'm familiar with it.
2: Yeah. Okay. It's, it's a bunch of kids digging in the desert. It's miserable. They're not finding anything. They don't know why mm-hmm. they're there. And, and that's, that's a lot and, of what
1: and, I do. The, <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing this down. That's actually interesting. Because, like, you know, like, so one of my favorite things to do, because I'm a nerd, I'm a giant nerd, um, although I completely acknowledge that um, the BBC's time team uh, was oh, pop archaeology? Yes, yes like, I
2: love Time Team.
1: Oh man, it's so much fun! But I also recognize that they make um, they make their three day excavations look like easy and amazing, probably because they do gobs of research before they even stick a shovel in the dirt.
2: I might have sent them a resume right after I graduated from college, <laughs> oh, in my, my you know last ditch effort to stay in the UK before coming back to the
1: US. They're coming back. They yeah. got a successful Patreon that I'm a, I'm a proud member. I got a little, I got a certificate in the mail. I got a thing with my name on it that's and the so Time cool. Team logo. I know, I, I scanned it and saved it and then threw the paper away, because that's me. Um, but um, but yeah, yeah, so like the, the, so for Zach and David, if you're not familiar with Time Team, the, the concept is that, um, uh, what, like four or five like real top tier archeologists from some pretty uh, impressive uh, colleges or universities in the UK lead a group of archaeologists in like very specific um uh digs that are designed to last three days and the shtick is they're trying to uncover something you know it's a different one each week and they only got three days to try and figure it out and they just go nuts with it now rowan um they typically have like what two dozen diggers i mean they got like crazy amounts of people. That help work on these things right yeah and that's like that's like that's super abnormal right like that yeah, you're not going like to be
2: artists and historians yeah. and you know what's, lots what's of more college normal? students and
1: oh yeah <laughs> is it is it more like like three people out in the middle of nowhere for six months
2: um it really depends um what those kind of uh excavations are is uh what's called data recovery Mm-hmm. Um, where you get down in the dirt and you're digging a very precise hole and you've got your tools out and you're you get your little brush and your little pick or whatever um mm-hmm. you're measuring everything uh i don't get to do a lot of that mm. i wish i did because it's a lot of fun but uh most of the archaeology that i do in the u.s um involves standing around on construction sites with a hard hat and an orange vest
3: uh-huh. and watching mm.
2: them move dirt and making sure nothing gets disturbed that shouldn't be disturbed.
1: Interesting. How? Yeah. How, how do you know?
2: Um, you look for differences in the soil. You look for uh, you know artifacts that are coming out. So it can be historic. It can be pre-contact. We call it when it's uh, uh-huh. you know before uh, c- colonialism took over the U.S.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Um, yeah.
2: But. Uh, yeah, so, so I, I do a lot of standing around and hoping I don't see at dirt anything. Piles.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: right. So, hoping you like, don't have to do your job.
2: Yeah, well, that is your
0: job. Yeah, because
2: that's that slows everything down. It costs people a lot of money and a lot of hassle and a lot of logistics, and nobody so, wants that.
3: So, Rowan, is that uh, something in a predominantly urban environment then?
2: Um, it is for me right now. I've been based out of the Seattle area for several years. Um I have done a lot of field survey prior to that where I was in more rural areas and we'd be you know walking along a straight line, dig a hole every few meters, and see if there's anything there just to take mm-hmm. a like a sample. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. And if there is, then we you know go from there. But um, I totally yeah. get
0: the idea of standing around and hoping you don't have to do your job. <laughs> I used to. I used to work in technical support, answering phone calls, and a great day was when no one called me.
2: Right, the, oh, the best yeah. days <gasps> are when oh, yeah. I when I can go and take a nap in my car.
0: Nice. Well, I yes. get to do that. I'd still have to be by the phone, but it's like, oh, this is great. I've only had two calls, and they were all "Where's the any key?" So those are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do support anymore, so you know, but I do remember those good days. So, tell us about your. Um, Stargate opinions you know who's your favorite Stargate person who's your favorite ghoul what's your favorite episode or any other Stargate <laughs> interest you got there.
2: <laughs> right uh, well you know I'm a firm believer that no uh, none of the things I love are above criticism and no media is perfect and that being said I think we can all agree that Emancipation is the worst episode of Stargate. By far
4: <laughs> yeah. By
0: absolutely far. I. if that episode had never happened it would be fine.
2: And I think it's even yeah. worse that, you know, it, it was also a 10-year-old Star Trek script at the time that was <laughs> yeah. just yeah. as bad.
0: And it yes. wasn't a... Yeah, it was a terrible Star like, Trek script. oh, episode. let's
2: use this one again.
0: It was the same person <laughs> who wrote it.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Catherine Powers, God bless you, but you know,
2: stop it. What, what was that? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But, like, usually... When I'm looking at my favorite episodes, I'm thinking of like fun, silly episodes like Window of Opportunity or Wormhole uh-huh. Extreme, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like the emotional mm-hmm. ones like Solitudes or Meridian.
4: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and I know this is a controversial opinion around here, but I really like A Matter of Time. <laughs> it,
1: it, is that the Black Hole cool episode? Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, I don't, I, I have no problems with that episode. I liked it. Mm-hmm. You like Bane.
2: The science doesn't check out, but I'm happy to just turn my brain off and
3: enjoy
0: it. Time dilation.
3: Yeah. I I find it very middling. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. It's Uh, a serviceable episode.
0: It's fine.
2: As far as favorite gold goes, uh, I think probably Hathor. Hathor, I'm really? kidding. Really? I'm oh. kidding.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh. he's trolling well, us. But the actor who plays the actor who plays Hathor, like she's apparently like really still active in the Stargate community. Yeah, I guess? yeah she is. Well,
3: good for yeah, she her. She is.
1: Right, which is surprising. Yeah, because I was also like, wait, what? No,
2: I, no, I don't get really excited about any of the gold. I mean, I like Osiris quite a bit, and the the stuff with Anubis is kind of interesting. But um, I, I'm mostly, you know, there for the main cast. Yes. Gotcha.
0: Mm-hmm. So who's your favorite uh, Stargate team member then?
2: Uh, it changes a lot. Like, it depends. <laughs> Jack Jack O'Neill reminds me so much of my dad. Like, mm. he looks mm. like him, and he has the same <laughs> cadence of speech, and, like, it's it's, it's kind of disconcerting sometimes. Um, <laughs> um But, you know. Obviously, I I identify with Daniel a lot, though. Uh
4: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, well, let's get on to our real specific subject here. Kind of base it around three kind of questions. Uh, Brent, let you tackle the first question here.
1: Sure. All right. So, this is where I read the very carefully prepped notes because I'm sitting here (laughs) like, right, I got to do a thing. All right, so... Um... <laughs> David, your notes are great. I guess. Uh, all right. So, um, I apparently I have to riff on a thing with very little things. So here we go. Right here we go. Send all right. The so, port
3: loud. What? No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, uh, shocking no one, uh, Stargate has a character, and that character's name is Daniel Jackson. And Daniel Jackson is well beloved, and was played by two and a half different character or, or actors, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it. But of course, his shtick was that he was um, an archaeologist who was studying. Um, he was an Egyptologist, and wh- which I guess is technically different. We, we can talk about that in a minute. Um, I think on paper, though, he's an archaeologist, loves Egypt, had a theory about how the pyramids were being built by aliens, gave a presentation in front of like six other people, presumably academic individuals, who all scoffed and laughed and walked out and. I can't believe that it. just this young whippersnapper is coming in here and defacing our good name of archaeology or whatever. And then there's little You're lady You're no in the archaeologist. Back is, that's right. Yeah, he, I'm he,
3: impressed he remembers anything from the movie.
1: <laughs> I got a good memory, you got. Anyway, so there's a little old lady in the back, and she's all like, you should talk to me. And they go into a car, and it's raining. And it's yeah, I remember lots. Hey, we've and, all seen um, the movie. <laughs> And they get to talk in and la, la, la. And so that's the start, right? Daniel Jackson is this person who understands the um, archaeological and societal importance of the ancient Egyptians and has a theory about they really are from space people. And this lady's all like, actually, I think you're more right than you know. And then blah, blah, blah. Now he's part of the SG-1 team in the television series. And he is both the sort of the research-based mind, um, the moral compass of the group, and the um sociologist um and I think that I'm gonna keep using that phrase sociologist because Rowan correct me if I'm wrong but like I think we see him pull out a brush maybe twice in the whole time that he is but you know what though actually Rowan correct me if I'm wrong you were just mentioning that the most of your work that you do is staring at a hole in the ground and making sure that you don't spot something that is actually of historical significance or archaeological significance. Yeah. Which is a talent that just blows me away because it all looks like dirt to me. But um, uh, so I, I suppose he could still be doing archaeological science without necessarily brushing dirt away. There was one episode where
0: he brushed dirt away. We saw him do that. that I, I, that's the what I first mentioned. one. Yeah. I we saw him twice. They Two. were on the <laughs> Yeah. They were on he the does gold that in the
3: Learning curve as well.
1: Yeah
0: brushy brushy so, no. on tiles so yeah. there
1: you go now i'll pitch it to you rowan like so i got like three different ideas in there number one is jackson really more of a sociologist than an archaeologist two um is it possible for him to be doing archaeological science without necessarily staring at a hole in the ground or brushing dirt away and i think that the answer is yes but i just don't know and then i had a third one and i can't remember so i'll just stop there because two's enough go.
2: <laughs> okay, well, the the word I would use for a lot of what Daniel Jackson does is anthropologist.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 that's yeah. a better one. Yes.
2: So, he is cuz he is studying a lot of uh, because of the way the show is set up, he's setting a lot of existing cultures that are that are still mm-hmm. ongoing. So, that's more in the realm of anthropology, which is the umbrella subject under which archaeology falls in the US but it falls under history in the UK where I studied it, so it's all, mm. you know, kind of a gotcha. big confusing mishmash. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So he does that, and also he does a lot of research, which is also something that I am very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've uh, brushed all that dirt away, you have to write a report, and that involves yes. a lot of reading and a lot of, you know, terminology and putting it all together in a coherent format that other people will understand, even though it's, you know, going to be secret and nobody gets to ever look at it.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) And that
2: is more true than you would think, even with my job. (laughs) Oh, well, I mean, I
1: believe it.
3: (laughs) I I have had a chance to study, do a couple of classes in archeology span and have had the chance to read some actual archeological notes, uh, from, uh, near Eastern, uh, uh, Middle East area, basically mm-hmm. Palestine. Um, and I have to say that most of that is as close to gibberish as one can get and still be English.
2: Yeah. To me. A, l- <laughs> a lot of archaeologists are not great writers. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: We're not talking about you, though. You're yeah. a wonderful writer.
2: I, You know, I try. <laughs> <laughs> But um, the, the thing with a lot of archaeology is that there's a problem with looters, and you don't mm. want the general public to know where there's an archaeological site, what might be there, and what they might be able to find and sell on eBay. Mm. So a lot of it is kept very secretive, even when it's not, mm. you know, on other planets. <clears throat>
1: hmm. it, has there been... A shift. I know this is a Stargate podcast, um, nominally. Um, no, and here that's I'm about to a we can talk about whatever we want. here. Oh, good, good. I'm I'm glad because I'm about to launch into a thing because I remember, um, and I'm going to get some facts all oh, sorts of screwed up. But um, there was like, there was like archaeology. What was? Which was more? I think they called it anti- antiquarianism or something, where you just are like, this is old. It's like the 18th century. Mm-hmm. Wow, look at this old thing. It belongs now. in a museum. Yes, yeah. and. And that attitude persists until like maybe the mid 20th century, at which point I think there was, is it, it, did it kind of shift where like now it's a little less, let's dig this out of the ground and stick it in a museum and more. Let's dig it, record it, and then bury it again, leave it alone. And we know it's there and we've recorded it. And like, we're enjoying the knowledge that we got from it, but we're not trying to yank it out of the ground and like have it on display.
2: Yeah, there has been a real shift uh, throughout the 20th century I mean there there were some people doing responsible archaeology early on but a lot of people mm-hmm. were just treasure hunters and glory hounds uh, um, <laughs> yeah.
4: Mm. Uh,
2: nowadays yeah you want to try the goal is to not disturb the archaeology as much as possible
4: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you take some out for samples you uh, you know you you might have to remove stuff if there's gonna be uh, significant um building in the area happening in the near Mm -hmm. future if it's if it's going to get disturbed anyway and usually the company that's doing the building is on the hook for the cost of doing that dig so they don't want Mm -hmm. that to happen if possible
1: now in the pacific northwest if there is a dig that is hitting something that's archaeologically significant it undoubtedly is within a first nations or a native american situation yeah what kind of i mean are we talking like, like? stone artifacts? Are we talking, I mean, like building artifacts would presumably be something that had decayed a while ago unless I'm way off.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Usually in the Pacific Northwest, um, a lot of the things uh, that were made back in the day were made of materials that were biodegradable and did not survive uh, down to the the modern era. Um, Mm -hmm. You do get some stone artifacts. Um, I've seen some Mm -hmm. really beautiful like axe heads and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, projectile points. Um,
1: mm-hmm. but... That's a great name for Arrowhead Projectile Point. I love exactly. it. Exactly. It's it's mm-hmm. very, it's very yeah.
2: vague. You know, you you know, you don't know exactly yeah. what it is. You want to be as vague as possible to include as sure. much as possible. Um, a lot of what I find in this area is what's called shell midden, and mm. it's uh, mm-hmm. it's very organic rich deposits with a lot of shell in it that was just where people were dumping their garbage and so you mm-hmm. know where they lived what they were eating it's not mm-hmm. like museum quality artifacts generally
1: right but it's very important for study of the past because right. it is telling mm-hmm. you a bunch about what mm-hmm. that people group was doing there yeah at the time like awesome. when they were there what they were how
2: how they lived, you know, how long they were there. You can do uh, Mm -hmm. carbon 14 dating on that stuff. And um, yeah, so so we get a lot of that kind of thing. And um, so when people wander up to me, when I'm out doing my job, they're like, Ooh, what's, what interesting things have you found? And I'm like, well, I can't really tell you about it
4: for
2: a start Mm -hmm. and if I did it wouldn't interest you very much because it would sound really boring (laughs)
1: because it's it's literally a trash heap but it's a really interesting (laughs) trash heap in your research or
0: digs or supervising have you ever found anything that changes your opinion or is like wow that's really neat uh, to tie it back to Stargate in uh, episode New Ground I think it was there was an archaeological excavation or dig and they found their Stargate and
3: right, it completely yeah. changed
0: their worldview or had the potential to change their worldview because they found it on the side of the planet that believed that they came from God A instead of God B Right, and the Stargate would have changed everything about that. You seen anything, heard of anything like that? I, I, don't I have to say,
2: written. not really. Um, people don't want to change their worldviews. <laughs> mm. Well, there's that. <laughs> and so cha- change, cultural shifts that happen like that and changes in the way people think about the world they live in tend to happen mm. very slowly. You can find something that seems really interesting, but you're going to want to study that for years, find other examples, test it in various ways, and um, have a lot of discussion about it before any sort of conclusions are come to, if they ever are. A lot of the time, what? it's it just comes to like, well, we think this, or maybe this, or this is what's most likely. It's never this is definitely what happened. Mm. and It was right here.
1: What wasn't that kind of half the point of the episode New Ground? I think, yeah, kind right, of. like, like people just didn't want to believe it. No, like, it, you know, absolutely, there, like, and that's it, yeah. that's yeah.
2: very human.
1: Yeah,
0: and they were confronted with the evidence. They saw the Stargate open. It's like, nope, mm-hmm. nope, special
1: effects. Yep. it's all yep, lies from the other people
2: there's always another explanation
1: yeah now d- d- so i understand and i get why when we're talking about something of a i'll just use the word scientific even mm. though that might be a bit i'm not sure if that's but anyway if we're talking about something of a scientific nature we have to be cautious about how we describe it right like yes. certainties within the construct of science is just Dumb, right? Like right. You, 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 a scientist is never certain of anything. Mm-hmm. There's just increasingly large amounts of evidence and decreasing amounts of, of mm-hmm. examples of how it might be f- wrong or something, right? It's just yeah. constantly piling on more evidence of this is right, this is right, this is right, this is looking great. Um, the minute that something shows up that shatters that idea, it's on thin ice, like, you know, how is this thing that we didn't expect? Yeah. How, how is this possible? Statistical anomalies are a bad thing. Yeah mm-hmm. and uh, but but general folk just don't want to hear they don't want to hear vagaries they don't want to hear well we're pretty sure that this is blah 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 because then they're going to go off into the off into the angle of like oh well since you don't know then then what how can we know anything and if you don't know about that well then I'm just going to go pretend my thing over here yep. which has
3: and absolutely no basis in fact yeah <laughs> well that that's what mm-hmm. biblical archaeology was mm-hmm. it's like yeah. we're going to go dig in the ground to prove oh, that the bible existed and the bible I was true see. yep yeah everything in the bible yeah. is
2: literally true and it proves it right here
1: and let's go find let's go find this town mentioned yes. in this one let's chapter go find, find yeah.
2: noah's ark and,
3: yeah. and when Don't they a they they plank they're like hey <laughs> look at that clearly this is the plank that tells us that mm-hmm. it's such and such and blah blah blah, blah. yeah Uh, And somebody is paying for them to come up with those
2: results. Somebody's going to pay for that excavation and, like, this is what I want you to find. And, you know, those archaeologists are going to go, well, okay, I guess we better tell you that we found it. And, you know,
3: Mm. (laughs) there's
2: not a lot of integrity in that.
3: Fortunately, it's changing, uh, Mm -hmm. at least in some circles. The circles that I have frequented in that area, it is changing. Uh, where they are digging in the ground and just saying, "What's here?" Mm-hmm. and saying, "Well, this is what I found.
2: Mm-hmm. What does this and tell us about that time this? and place?" Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, There's growth in my field, which is happy. <laughs> yes, it and might that's be good. small, but it is <laughs> it is happening.
0: Yeah. So, Rowan, you brought up this uh, idea about something you called or has been called pseudo archaeology. How does that fit into? I uh, don't know, the Stargate world or other fiction.
2: Well, the first thing that really springs to mind with pseudo-archaeology is shows like Ancient Aliens. And <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's pretty clear how Stargate yeah. kind of ties in with that whole thing.
4: Yeah. Um, Crystal and the, Skull.
2: Mm-hmm. And yep. mm-hmm. I can see why those things would be entertaining and people would be really into watching that and it's very sensational. Um, but as soon as you say, well, this culture of brown people over here obviously were helped by much more advanced aliens to right. build their culture. They could never have done this on their own. You're shading into right. a whole lot of racism pretty fast. Yep.
1: Yep. yep. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Right. Where like the, the the general, yeah, the general, the general supposition is wait, like, mm-hmm. look at this absolutely stunning thing. You didn't build this. It Come was on, an alien. you, you couldn't have done says this. That the
2: ancient Romans had help from aliens. That's all I'm saying.
4: <laughs>
0: Gosh, right? Well, someone must have brought brought Stargate them concrete does.
4: through time. <laughs> yeah. Well, Star says <laughs> yeah. yes. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and
2: when it's you but know you're right. yeah. when it's entertainment and it's meant to be fictional, you know that's that's sort of a different thing. As long as yeah. viewers understand. And I assume right. that most viewers are smart people who know that this is just for fun and this isn't really what happened.
1: Right. Well, it's still real to me. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's
4: that's
2: it's fine. a great world to
1: live in. <laughs> it's there's all sorts of fun things in this yeah. little fantasy world. But
3: <laughs> are you telling me the Stargate isn't real?
1: Hey, Zach, you should go to the Cheyenne Mountain Complex and walk on up and see if you can. See the, the 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 embarkation room.
3: Well, they're well, not going to show it to me. I'm just and that a person, slug. right? Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Well, what is real is that
0: there is a Stargate movie and seventeen years of Stargate TV, and that's real mm. enough. That's the historical fiction that we're broadcasting into space. Mm. So maybe mm. some point when. Galaxy Quest happens in real life. People right. come those back. Right, those are and our we,
2: historical documents. We,
0: we saw oh your documents. Gosh. Show us your Stargate. Oh my <laughs> gosh.
1: <laughs> oh, we're doomed. We're do- Speaking of though, like, so, uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm such a freaking nerd. Um, like I, I, I like reading primary sources for fun because I'm a nerd. Anyway, one sure. of the things that I'm reading through right now is, uh, oh, what's her name? Where's the book? It's over there. Hold on. Hang on. Here we go. Okay. Uh, Hilda Roderick Ellis, um, and she is a historian. Was a historian? This was written a long time ago. Um, anyway, uh, the thing I'm reading is is, is her archaeological and um, historical analysis of the um, pre-Christian Norse um, burial rites. Mm-hmm. Uh, extremely specific and i am reading 200 pages on this because i'm a nerd um but um oh shoot what was my point (laughs) 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 no i swear i had a point we were literally just talking about what were we just talking about we were laughing oh the fantasy worlds and um oh historical records that's right so um she's going on about uh how certain types of burials were uh were basically in vogue right so like for there's all sorts of archaeological evidence of internment and then it changes over to um uh cremation and then it goes back to internment and for a brief period after the cremation time the internments were uh placing the head to the north and then some were placing the head to the east facing west and then they were interred with the head towards the west facing east and the hedge towards the west facing east, I think. That's right. Like you're looking east and that is indicative of a Christian burial. So it is assumed that these heads buried to the east facing west or to the north facing south are uh, pre-Christian burials. Mm-hmm. and. um and so she's writing her thing and she's all like uh and, and then at some point like like you there there's like a huge explosion of grave goods that that happened with um with burials that uh i can't remember which time period it is but but she goes on and she makes the supposition that this is clearly indicative of a cultural shift in the importance of death and the afterlife and i'm looking at that going or people were just really interested in keeping up with the joneses and and Sven over there got buried with all his stuff, and I want to be buried with all my stuff too. Right? So you know, and so like so, the historical record five hundred years from now, if people are watching Star Trek and Stargate and thinking, oh, that's must must that that must be what happened during this mm-hmm. era, and of course it's all speculative, terrible fiction, great fiction, um, you know, it, it could be misleading in a weird way that like people are like, oh, obviously, obviously they they had this incredible technologies that just didn't survive. Like, uh, it's curious that we haven't found a, a evidence of the Stargate yet, but you know, we, <laughs> mm-hmm. we're finding this media
0: evidence. I, it's it. got to be there yeah. somewhere.
3: It's got to be somewhere, got to yeah. keep looking.
0: I, I think that kind of leads us into this second question of, about learning about older cultures via archaeology and anthropology and, you know, what Stargate's gotten right and wrong. And I have this thing that has bothered me about some aspects of fiction. This is my own theory, my own problem. Um, As much as I love the Lord of the Rings, and I'll bring this back to Stargate, (laughs) I have a problem with it. Because Mm -hmm. 2,500 years ago, we fought Sauron with swords and shields and arrows, and we defeated him. And then when the darkness crept back into the lands, and Sauron returned and all that, we fought him with swords and shields and arrows. Uh, And okay, Mm -hmm. they just discovered gunpowder or explosion (laughs) stuff. 2,500... why did their society not ex- expand? Why did they kind of stagnate that? Why mm-hmm. do they get stuck in time? <laughs> now, I know it's because that's what Tolkien wanted to write. I get mm-hmm. that. It's plot-driven. But Stargate can sometimes have the same issue. Um, we're dealing with in Stargate, most every planet we go to is derived from an Earth culture.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so we've got langar's to- Jonas Quinn's people who are like 40 years behind us, I think they said. Mm -hmm. They're like at World War II level technology. We've got uh, people from Beast of Burden who were, while they were Nordic, they were kind of Wild West. That's Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. struck me about their time, and they still kept slaves. Mm -hmm. Um, In Catal, we have more Nordic people. They seem to be even further, the Sumerians even further. But then we got other groups like the Tolans, who are advanced beyond us. And yet, mm-hmm. supposedly, according to the in-show lore, they're a bunch of my, white people der- derived from the Maya civilizations.
4: <laughs> well, sure. I,
0: yeah, I mean, there was some uh, books written about that that said, oh yeah, uh, the Tolans were one of the civilizations. Uh, it was the crystal skull people that brought them and saved them from the gold, whatever, on there. But what can cause, via your knowledge or theories or whatever, can cause a society to get, to get stuck? to not develop beyond a certain point?
4: Mm-hmm. Well,
2: I think it's it's worth stating to start with that change is not a given. There's, there's no linear A to B to C progression to map cultural development.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, cultures will change at their own pace, and sometimes it's slower, sometimes it's quicker. Um, and it just, a lot of it depends on the right person with the right... Access to the right resources, coming up with the right idea at the right time,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and then other people adopt that change and then go from there. I mean, even if you look at life on Earth a couple hundred years ago, you get many, many cultures at different levels of progress mm, right. and mm-hmm. with different mm-hmm. different levels of technology that's available to them. And even now, you know, there's there's people who who just don't have access to the same technology, even though. You know, now we have more of an ability to share that and know about it and pass that information around. I would say, if you look at human evolution, we've pretty much had the same brains for about 50,000 years.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, You know, somebody who lived 50,000 years ago would have the same capacity Mm. for complex rational thought as Mm -hmm. we do today. They just Mm. didn't have access to the same technology. They might not have had access to resources to create technology. Um, And we were hunter-gatherers for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we lived in small groups and we went where the food went from season to season. And nobody had the time or the energy to focus on you know, doing more than finding food and reproducing.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And it was really with the, uh, the agricultural revolution about 10,000 years ago that uh, that really started to change. And people were able to stay in one place, put down roots, and feed larger populations. And so there was population expansion, and people could turn their time and their energy and their big squishy brains to other ideas. And so we went from there, and we, we've only had writing for 5,000 years in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And the Industrial Revolution was only 300 years ago. And now, mm-hmm. just, just think about how fast the technology is changing now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. When was the last time you held a cassette tape or a floppy disk? Right. And, it's
1: been uh, a while. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, like,
2: you can't have the subway before you have the wheel, and you can't have chocolate chip cookies before you have agriculture, you can't have... 10 seasons of a TV series about space travel before you have writing.
1: Oh, I love that. I mean, it's like a riff on the, if you know, if you want to make an apple pie from scratch first, you have to build the, or create the universe. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, that's, yeah, that's a really good sort of, and, and I'm, I'm immediately thinking of, um, something that we have been learning. We all, we all have been learning. It seems very recently, all things considered, we've been learning that human interconnectedness was a lot more prevalent in eras where we thought that people had no contact with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we'll we'll find what equate to be trade goods from an era that it's like it it blows our mind that it's like, wait a minute, this is this is this is this is something that came from a region of the world that was. 4,000 miles away and we can date it to 10,000 years ago what is it doing here right and yeah how do we find a Polynesian ship in Central America yeah, yeah, and and you know, and you you boil it down to well, it's because people were more interconnected than you. No, surely not. Surely they were all far flung and they didn't <laughs> know each other at all. And when they saw each other, they would stab each other. It's like no, maybe not. Maybe they were all interconnected in trading. It's just that mm-hmm. these folk didn't want to go much further. You know, like they, they, m- most folk had no reason to go beyond fifty miles sure, from where they were going It's born, hard so to didn't. do. It's
2: dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. And what what are the what are the benefits to you ultimately? You know.
1: But it didn't mean that there was none of it. Mm-hmm. Like ideas were traveling one spot to the next. That was sort of the other thing. I, wow, that does bring nicely to the book that I was talking about because that was another point that was being made about how the propagation of, of different burial techniques. So this book was written in 1943. And so I'm kind of keeping an eye on how people were thinking about societal development back in the back in the mid-40s, um, which is, you know, ages ago as far as, you know, some studies are concerned um anyway like the, the the notion of the propagation of some of these uh, uh burial techniques were presumed in the 40s to be derivative of the overwhelming presence of a people group that practiced it meaning uh it, almost to the point of displacement like like christians came in to scandinavia and started to do that, and then it became popular mm-hmm. um uh, versus another way to look at it which is you no know, that people group learned about that type of burial or that idea of religion or whatever and they were all like oh that's interesting I'm gonna do that now Mm -hmm. and which is a very different way to look at it it's it's a very almost egalitarian way of it like there's much more agency in it of somebody looking across the way going oh that's neat I want to do that Mm -hmm. Um, and finding evidence that it happens more frequently like that than not like that I think I see more now I'm rambling, so I'm going to stop. Um, hey Brent, have you ever read yes. the book
0: "The Hammer and the Cross"?
1: I have not read the. It's Hammer a and
0: the book. Cross. Uh, basic concept, obviously fiction, is that uh, Nordic r- religions won out in northern European northern Europe over Christianity. Then uh-huh. and, and go with that. It's just kind of oh, like, it's like an alternate. Fiction yeah, I, I, alternate I love history. alternate fiction type of stuff or alternate mm-hmm. histories mm-hmm. type. It's an interesting concept of is that, well there was a fight over dominance and these guys won this time.
2: Go mm. yeah.
0: Sound like a riff on what you're talking about, of you know, yeah. we got buried people one way or whatever, but
2: yeah. And like the, those, uh, the Norse paganism held on a lot longer than yeah. paganism in other places in Europe just because they were mm-hmm. so remote, it was just so hard for you know, monks well, and the the to sneak up there. The Asgard, <laughs> yeah,
1: it's <laughs> the aliens. Asgard who did that, yeah. It's all Well, back sure,
2: to sure. Obviously, yeah. that was a factor
0: <laughs> because this is a Stargate podcast, <laughs> Stargate, yes. Stargate, Stargate,
2: but yeah, you know, but Rowan, to your, oh, go what, ahead. what, what, uh, to your point, like people have always been people and you know, it it is very much a a keeping up with the Joneses thing. Like the usually what happened in a lot of these places, when you were talking about like the Christianization of, of Northern Europe, you'd have monks come in and they would Mm -hmm. get in good with the queen and the queen would convert Mm -hmm. the king. And then the Mm -hmm. king would insist that the nobles convert. And then like it, Like, oh, that's what the king's doing now. So I guess we're all going to do that. they told
3: two friends and they told two friends and so (laughs) on and so on.
2: Exactly.
3: (laughs) And even at that point in time, even when they, quote, converted, Mm -hmm. they held on to whatever they lived with prior to that for Mm -hmm. a very long time. They'd have their Uh, own little
2: flavor of Christianity in whatever corner they were living in.
3: And that's why we have an Easter bunny.
2: Exactly. And a Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Uh, I would completely... And why Christmas is celebrated at the, you know, winter solstice. Yeah, That's right.
2: <laughs> or Saturnalia, whichever, you know. Uh-huh, or, whatever. Whatever.
0: I would agree with you, <laughs> potato, though, that, potato. as you said, people are people. Uh, as part of my job, I've traveled to some interesting parts of the world. And once I got past a few language barriers and just start talking to people, there was this time I was in India talking to a guy about American professional wrestling. <laughs> I mean, here I am. Yeah, I know. I'm on the opposite t- side of the world to a guy I don't know, but he's going. How's Hulk Hogan doing? It's like, Hulk Hogan's doing. You great. watch? You watch pro wrestling? Oh yes, we love it here. There's a that commonality. Wow. Right. So, yeah, people are people. Once you meet them, once you talk to them, yeah, I I agree with you on that. But about Stargate, I don't know that I have anything else to throw in about Stargate (laughs) with this one just Uh, yet. I have one
1: thing. I got one more thing because I remember what my tangent was originally about. It was the notion of, like, we're frustrated when we watch, well, well, mildly frustrated when we watch these episodes of these people groups that seem to be plucked out of Earth's history, plopped somewhere else, and then they just stagnate there. Exactly. And Yeah. And... The notion that they might not be interested in pursuing Zach, I think you and I were talking about it in one of the episodes that was just heinous. I can't remember the name of the title, but it was the Native American one that oh, didn't spirits. do a good job of it. Spirits? Yeah. Spirits. Yeah. And oh. the the notion of they might not be interested in the kinds of questions that Western Europeans were interested. In. And so they just didn't go down that path. They didn't they didn't bother to try to research how to build a stone wall because they were like, I don't know, what do you need a stone wall for? Right. Um, and, and so we look at it and go oh look how backwards oh my my and it's that's not backwards at all it's just that they they have advanced in a direction that's different than ours and since it's different we're looking at it like well clearly since you don't know how to build a locomotive yeah. you must be idiots yeah. they're still
0: using arrows incredibly advanced arrows yeah mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> arrows that'll murder you yeah.
2: <laughs> and the, the answer arrows is that that's, that will go that's still working for them yeah.
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah so so you know you use what works for you and when it's not working for you anymore you try something else. Yeah. You know, That's the whole yeah. necessity is the mother of, of invention. hmm mm. And so I would say that like in terms of why cultures might stay at the same level of technology for a long time, um, uh, one reason would be they can't progress and they, they lack mm. the resources. They just, there are environmental factors that are preventing mm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mm-hmm. they might have a relatively small population that they're working with people are just, you know, surviving and you know, you can't put that much ener- energy into innovation if you're just like doing hunter gatherer stuff every day.
3: Right. Right. Um, right. And that would make sense with mm-hmm. the the Gua if they're constantly <laughs> attacking these people. Yeah. They don't have like I'm thinking of uh, the planet had the korai um right. and mm-hmm. uh, teok was on yep. trial. Uh, you know, every time they saw the Stargate light up, they bolted for the caves mm-hmm. and, they and had then to went just abandoned large... everything. Yeah. Uh, so that makes sense.
2: Yeah. 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 And, and, uh, yeah. I mean, another reason they might not uh, progress is that they're, if they're not allowed to. Uh, if there's like an oppressive huh. regime like the gold mm. that's keeping them under their thumb, that's treating mm-hmm. signs of independent thought as a threat to their power, um, or. You might have uh, another version of that might be a religious taboo, taboo, or a cultural Mm -hmm. taboo Mm that says that, you know, change and difference is bad and wrong. Or Mm -hmm. the status quo is the ideal form of society.
3: And we see that in the movie uh, with writing, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Writing writing has been forbidden.
2: It's really hard to, you know, pass on ideas over time if you can't write them down. Mm-hmm, it Depends mm-hmm. on people sharing them in the same way over time.
1: This conversation is great. I'm having so much fun having this conversation.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, that, I would still say so
0: it ultimately comes down to the writer. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the story sure. they wanted to tell, and you know, yes. we can disagree yes, with it. It's also like on Star Trek. There's yeah. ten people and there's one city on the entire planet. Right? Okay, yeah,
4: fine. Yeah. Right. yeah.
2: The right. the one I the one I really don't buy is the the Sumerians and Thor's hammer. Because yeah. they look like they've got a pretty sweet deal. They've got a temperate climate. They've got plentiful mm. resources. And mm-hmm. then, but there's still this little tiny group of people, and yeah. like under the, under mm. those circumstances, they should have had a population explosion generations ago, and yeah. they should be which which would lead to you know competition for resources, which is one of the main historical drivers for conflict.
0: Mm. But they
2: seem just perfectly happy to carry on as they are. They must have some right. really mm. good contraceptives on that planet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that's true for a lot of fiction. A lot of planets they go to. As I said, there's 10 people. It's like, well, why don't you know how to, you know, how it right. works? <laughs> I mean, you, go forth and multiply. Yeah, I think come on, you I, got enough people to make it. But whatever. And particularly yeah. in that the episode with the Sumerians, they were a protected planet. Yeah. they didn't have gold interfering with them. They had mm-hmm. Thor going, yeah, go ahead. No, we're good in these tents. Sure. little buildings. Sure, whatever. But it could also be need-driven, that they were happy with where they were, they didn't mm-hmm. have conflict with anyone, they didn't have the need to drive advancement
1: to go do better than their neighbors.
4: Mm-hmm. And I could see it's, that.
1: So, it's not conducive to episodic television, but I, I'm kind of, like, I, I wonder if there has been television storytelling that tries to kind of go at the and i'm thinking television storytelling because i'm immediately thinking of a couple of movies based off of books science hard science fiction books where they are actually taking seriously how planets full of people can develop uh in asynchronous ways in ways that are not homogenous etc cetera, etc cetera. um but it doesn't make for good episodic television if you're trying to be all like well you know well i guess we have seen it what was the one episode where the nazis um where we we we, we the Other Side. Wasn't it called The Other Side? Uh, mm-hmm. Close. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there, there in that one, it wasn't much better. There was just literally two cultures on the planet. Um, we just happened to jump sure. in with the bad one. right? And that comes um, down
2: to, like, a limitation of the writing. Like You, you can't yes. invent 50 cultures nope. that all mm-hmm. have their own interests and areas and ways of doing week things. Week after week. In, yes, exactly. you know, a 40-minute episode.
3: You got it. And even if you could, you wouldn't be able to talk about them in that time yeah. period. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah. you
2: you really have to simplify, and that's you know that was a Star Trek problem, and it's a Stargate problem, so yeah, you know you just you just have to accept that. Just roll with
1: it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh,
0: Zach, you want to lead us into our third subject?
3: Uh, yeah, that means I have to actually look closer <laughs> at the show notes here. Again. <laughs> oh my gosh, Is that it? I write we, them for we myself.
1: Th- <laughs> Is it the quiet loud? Is that the joke again? Yeah, the quiet, loud? yeah. the quiet part loud, so, the loud
3: part quiet. So. <laughs> <laughs> so so here in the show notes it says lol which i'm <laughs> assuming means laugh out loud so <laughs> <Yes. I think laughs> <that> was- <laughs> but you didn't tell him the subject oh i'm mm. sorry historical accuracy lol <laughs> 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 uh, so you know as we we look at um stargate is one as uh, a show among many shows that will take something that happened in history and then immediately adapt it for their own purposes and sometimes this means that uh they go in radical different directions or maybe they try to uh be historically accurate and all of that stuff stargate kind of does its own thing specifically when we get into the later seasons of uh nine and ten we get the whole redacted arc
2: right that one
3: that one. Um, so you know, as 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 we look at this, what are your thoughts on on taking uh, historical things like that h- arcs in history and using them for stories in this? And, and how do you how do you process that?
2: Well, I would say it's complicated. On the one hand, again, like we said before, you if you're if you're telling a fun story. Um, people know it's not real. And Mm -hmm. hopefully, you know, watching it will encourage them to go and say, well, I want to look that up and see what the, what the real deal is with that thing. And you hope that people won't, you know, watch it and go, huh, I guess that's true. And then tell somebody, hey, guess what I heard the other day? That's totally true. I saw it on TV. (laughs) So that's... (laughs) Right. Basically, yeah, everything that happens in Stargate needs to be taken with a grain of salt. But, you know, obviously they are in some ways drawing from real history and real world mythology. Um, but th- there's also a problem when you're when you're drawing from cultures that your writers aren't part of, of cultural mm, appropriation. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I'm gonna take this little bit of this and this little bit of this, and I'm just gonna play with it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not from there. You know, it's it's and, and treating it like you know, it's just this fun thing I can play with, regardless of where it comes from.
1: And I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be that jerk. I'm gonna be that. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna go even further with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, it's really easy for people with a. All right, i right i'll i'll say it i'll go straight at it it's really easy for people with power and privilege to not even notice when they're all like like oh that's super cool that's a really rad thing that you've mm-hmm. made i'm gonna go ahead and take it and i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna do a thing and by the way i'm gonna make a lot of money off of it mm-hmm. um you know i'm gonna make a living off of telling stories that honor honor the culture of other places and and i i say it like i'm like i'm convinced that everybody's just a mean nasty stealing person and I don't mean right. it like that I just mean to say that it's really easy to be completely yeah. blind
2: people don't even think about happening. it as they're as they're exactly. doing it and like right. the, there are ways to do that better than you know how it is done often with you know white writers just saying oh I heard about this thing this sounds kind of cool yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Native you
0: know, you, Americans you, and that's you, how they get, all yes. live
2: yeah you get well, you get so, like sensitivity readers you get consultants to come on the show who who mm-hmm, are from mm-hmm. there and who know about that yeah. stuff and who can say hey yeah let, let's uh let's talk about this maybe in a different way
3: mm-hmm. i know this is a stargate podcast but <laughs> we're we'll talking about stargate, native stargate. Ameri- yes. americans and uh star trek when it came to uh, specifically voyager and chakotay mm-hmm. My they, people,
2: my culture. Who are those exactly?
3: Well, yeah. Mm. Now, my understanding <laughs> is that the showrunners did hire somebody to help them process mm-hmm. that. It just turned out that the person they hired was a huckster. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and didn't actually know what he was talking mm-hmm. about and right. was just... Uh, you know, saying all this stuff that this is, oh yeah, this is definitely accurate, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and absolutely. they're like, well, yes. okay, so our, the guy that we hired to tell us this stuff and make sure that we were accurate with this, telling us this is good. And mm-hmm. it turns out that he had no idea what he was talking about.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and, and- There's a lot of, you know, yeah. there's a lot
1: of complexity with that. Yeah. Um, to be sure, the, uh, Voyager was written, when did that come out? Mid mid 90s, 96, somewhere there? Uh, a little later, mid- but late off. 90s, yeah. yeah Yeah. and you know we've we we, we've done a lot of good work since then for sure Mm -hmm. um but there is sort of the problem of tokenization that can happen too where you are trying to get one voice to speak for an entire group right um yeah and you know yeah like the 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 folks that were writing voyager were trying to do right Mm -hmm. they were trying to actually incorporate some genuinely held ideas about what they Mm -hmm. should be doing and they they ended up getting a fraudster um the you know a person who's particularly mean-spirited probably could try to make an argument that says that the the producers should have done a be- better job of cross-referencing or something i don't know what mm-hmm. but we also have to be mindful that there's sometimes like you know certain certain aspects of culture want to be kept and they're not really interested in sharing it just right. there, there so are, easily
2: there are open religions and closed religions open cultures mm-hmm. and closed cultures and they're you know mm-hmm. they they don't necessarily want to share their stuff with with everybody right else. meaning and it's going to be valid. really hard
1: for you to verify that so-and-so actually knows what they're talking about yeah. like because you know nobody yeah. else really wants to talk about it
2: mm-hmm. i mean the right way to do that with something like the example of Chicote would be to say well this is this is the specific culture we want him to be from not you know general native american uh, and then you yeah, go yeah, yeah, and right. you contact that tribe and you say hey can you help us find someone who can you know help us yeah, out with this go. that's a good idea. and be specific yeah.
3: It comes down to, from, from my perspective, of not trying to be everything for everyone, but to be mm-hmm. genuinely who you are.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and so identifying, this is me, this is my culture, my whatever, and I'm speaking from this, and I don't need to try to speak from other cultures because there's other people to do that. Right, right. and if there's enough
2: yeah. different voices out there doing this, then it's, it's good. The problem is and, that when when you have a predominantly white writing staff, you're going to have problems.
1: And True. I'll I'll and and I'm also I'm going to make the exact same argument going in a slightly different direction though too because I I see it um, and Zach you and I end up having conversations about this where even though um, uh, even though there is a uh, there's a culture and a power situation that is a dominant culture and power situation. Uh, particulars, important particulars can be misconstrued in ways that then frustrate people who are Mm -hmm. holders of the specific of that culture. And so, you know, the thing that comes to mind, Zach, when you and I are having conversations, it's that both of us were raised um, in the Christian tradition and both of us are thoughtful engagers of Christianity to the point of that there's a whole lot of stuff out there that is being propagated as the way it is that actually misses the mark it's still a piece of the dominant culture right. it's still right like there, there is it's not like uh it's not like people who identify as christian and are thoughtful about it are in a position of um uh, uh of weakness compared to other culture groups within the united states specifically like it's not the same uh-huh. but there's well, still that aspect of it yeah
3: christianity isn't monolithic either Right. Yeah. And, um, and
2: that's that's true of, you know, other cultures and other religions, absolutely. too, but yep. they're often portrayed right. that way.
0: Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that just goes to the whole subject of, you know, proper representation of any culture, any group in fiction, whether they're doing it properly or not, or if it's just, yep. as you were saying, tokenism. You do it wrong, you get Mongolians in Stargate. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you do it right, well, rough. then you get, you know, yeah. Yeah, we know the story about that one. It, it was the story mm-hmm. they told oh, him. Was it? Oh. But you do <laughs> so, it wrong, you're left with a really bad taste. And I think when you do it mm-hmm. right, you don't even realize it.
3: Because it good. doesn't
0: stand out to you.
3: So, Rowan, that's a question that I would have for you. is uh, As you have watched Stargate, um, are there any portrayals of uh, different cultures that you feel that Stargate... Uh, actually did well and got it right. Uh, And I won't define that further, I'll just let you take that and mean that whatever, go whatever you want to go with that.
2: Honestly, I I really don't think they've aimed for really clear accuracy anywhere. They tend Mm -hmm. to simplify and to, you know, go with cultural markers that, you know, the audience is going to be familiar with. So that, mm-hmm. you know, you want your audience to be able to say, ah, I recognize that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: and You want your audience mm-hmm. to feel smart. So right. you <laughs> tend to cut a lot of yes. corners yeah. when you're doing that.
0: Mm-hmm. I would say in some cases, we do see maybe an aspect of cultural drift that they took the starting point of that culture and maybe mm-hmm. allowed them to advance in a different way, like in uh, the episode Red Sky, which they clearly said was Nordic in origin. Yeah. But they had advanced them several hundred years beyond Vikings, even though they claim, they, I won't say they clung to their beliefs, but that's how they identified. But they did mm-hmm. show a di- a cultural drift. I like that drift that they did with that group versus uh, the ones in Thor's hammer. They took kind of two cultures that had the same starting point and took them different directions. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And they've done that probably in a few other times. We just haven't paid attention. We've seen some different Greek cultures go in different ways, like um, Broca's Divide and the one with they only lived 100 years, something uh-huh. like or 100 days, 100 years. 100 days, yeah. 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 But that starts <laughs> the with the a historical brief, accuracy. Brief, brief candle. candle. Yeah, brief candle, candle that one. See, there you go. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, but I like that idea of the cultural drift where we go with a fixed point and try to be accurate to their origins, then maybe play out well, what if things were different? What if they hadn't gone to another planet and in a different, entirely different area? Yeah, I and think I,
4: the,
2: that is some oh, safer territory, I think, yeah. to, to go into to say, you know, look, like, hey, they have changed over time and this yes. is where they came from, but, you know, this is where they are now that, you know, might, might recognize as a different thing or it might be totally different from what we recognize.
1: But it's very evident that in Seasons 1 and 2, Stargate was playing on the shtick. Yeah. And the shtick from the movie was, hey, look at this culture that a lot of people recognize, at least in a popular context, Egypt. And mm-hmm. we're going to tell you a story about how Egypt came to be that it involves aliens. And yeah. that was the movie. And it was great fun. And um, then the television show was kind of beating that drum a lot right mm-hmm. let's go to another spot where you're going to recognize things because they've got grecian columns Ooh, look and <laughs> this is where they've been stuck mm-hmm. for this entire time yeah. right and and th- so they'll bounce around and these people are going to worship this other god this you know this greek god and etc uh but now we're in the zone and we were seeing it david where you know with a little bit of that idea of well let's not have them rooted to the time that they left let's have them develop a little bit right And I definitely feel that we're clearly in the zone of let's tell an interesting science fiction story. Yeah, there's definitely going to be these aspects of tying it back into Earth mythology, but we're on our own now. Like we're 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 screaming down a path that that is no longer on that trope necessarily of let's pull this ancient culture and plop them in our face for 40 minutes and then. La- you know, laugh about how oh my goodness look they, 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 they look just like they did 3,000
3: years ago my gosh that's amazing mm-hmm. yeah. they do that well with uh, Jonas's planet Yeah, I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where they clearly say that okay they're technologically about in the 1940s um, but already we've seen that their culture is different than even American culture in the 1940s and we'll see in a few more episodes Brent without spoiling too much uh, mm-hmm. that, that'll get uh, fleshed out a little bit more, and we'll see a little bit nice. more here and there.
0: So I think we kind of hit our, our bullet points here. Yay! Anything else you want to throw in?
2: Um, I would say there's there's one moment that really springs to mind that just just hits my heart as an archaeologist and makes me really mm-hmm. connect with Daniel Jackson, and that's coming up in an episode in Season 7 where ah. some stuff happens and Daniel needs to go to his happy place. Okay, and I need to go to territory. my happy place a lot. And that's all I'm going to say about <laughs> Spoil- that. <laughs> just gave
0: away a huge plot point.
2: I know. <laughs> oh,
1: don't oh, I'm worry. So I will sorry. forget. No, it's, okay. it's okay. I've got a great talent of selective memory mm-hmm. and most people make jokes about how that means you can't remember to take out the trash. No, I mean to say like... I play nice. I play fair. If I'm not supposed to know something, I pretty much get it. So so, in one ear, out the other. I had to deal with that the other
0: day. I saw something fall out of what my wife calls the gift closet. And it was (laughs) obviously for me.
4: Uh And I had to say,
0: (laughs) okay, there's something over there fell out. Do I need to pretend I didn't see it? She went and looked at it and says, Yes, you did not see it. I've completely forgotten about it. <laughs> yep. I Good for you. I have great yep. capacity to not remember. I mean, it may not be true, yes. but you know, yeah. I will be completely surprised by it when I see it. Same in, like, thing. Absolutely. Yep. So, yep. Brent, yeah, forget what she said about. I have no idea uh, that other no
3: guy idea at all. Uh, uh, I'm trying accent. to trying remember. to think about uh, which episode you're talking about, Rowan. It's not coming to mind. Mm-hmm. You'll, yeah, you'll see it when take you get, off get my there. Headphones? Right. I'll see it when okay. I get there. Yeah, okay. Tell you what, I'm, <laughs> gonna, you about I'm going to take off my
1: headphones <laughs> and I'm going to count to 10 slowly, very quietly. You guys can talk if you're ready. Here we go.
2: It's uh, season 7, episode 7. And I'm there's, there's go go an archaeological ding going on, and some people move some artifacts before Daniel's ready for that to happen. And you can't disturb context like that.
3: Ah, sounds like we can have a
0: good conversation on that, but Brent is coming back now. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yep.
1: I'm here. I'm back. Oh, my God. I can't believe you said that, Rowan. Wow. You gave it away to yeah, everybody. I
4: know. Oh it's, my goodness. it's so oh, crucial. Jack O'Neill? Really? <laughs>
0: Samantha oh, Carter's been a ghoul all along? Oh, shoot. shoot uh, oh, I'm saying oh, that, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I said that quiet part loud oh, again. Oh,
1: no. Not Samantha. <laughs> no, oh, no, man. See,
3: see the, the truth is that Teal'c Teal is actually goulded and Japhad. We already what? saw that episode. You're yeah, blowing my the, mind. Yeah, Junior jumps out, jumps in Teal's brain, <laughs> yes, and he grabs absolutely. another one,
0: and yep. it's like, oh my gosh, his eyes are glowing.
1: And then <laughs> Ricardo Montalban comes by, and he says, uh-huh. I'm actually Khan! And he saves the day. Exactly. Yes, we've, we've written season seven already. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Okay. Starring William T. Shatner as Khan. Wouldn't that be something? oh gosh did i tell you i can't i don't know why i would have told you this but um so my birthday's in october and um i don't normally do the whole like birthday week or birthday month thing that other people do but this time around it was 2020 right i mean it's the worst and in october 2020 meaning like we've just been through it for too long at that point even though, in many respects, we aren't even done. Um, but I decided, you know what? I am going to have a birthday week. And so I was forcing my family to watch all the Star Trek movies with me. <laughs> <laughs> I was Galaxy having Quest. a delightful time. <laughs> it was great. It was great. And uh, But we, we, we failed in our mission. Um, we got through... Did we get through four? I think we got through f- voyage home and we stopped yeah because we we didn't watch five or six um
2: well four is the important one so. or seven or well, eight or nine know. or
1: ten <laughs> or the jj verse oh <laughs> I, i've watched them all and i have you know gotcha you have opinions yeah oh yeah anyway, anyway. we're saying that was it that was my oh. point
4: oh okay okay
1: con that was interesting watching watching so. uh watching shatner curl up his face oh <laughs> yeah okay you're tying it back to that gotcha yes got it <laughs> Sorry, I like tangents. They're fun. The tangents they they are meet arcs the on 1 point. That's amazing. Do you realize how amazing that is?
3: Uh yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Sure. Why not? Yes. God, so, yes. Great. so great. I try you got to figure out what the right answer is sometimes and <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So Rowan, anything you want to plug about yourself?
2: Um, well, you can find me at uh, Archaeology Sucks on Tumblr, where I... That's where I found you. ...talk to you, exactly, <laughs> where I talk about my job, and which was why I invented the blog, but then it sort of blew up, and now I just post a lot of random archaeology stuff on there, and pictures of my cat, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, you I... you know, cats
3: in archaeology, obviously. It's, it's very obviously. important.
2: I, I do have an archaeology cat, so... That Mm -hmm. (laughs) that seemed like an important feature. Um, I found him on an archaeology site a couple of years ago.
4: Oh right! Oh, you did mention that. that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I was I was working on a site uh, on it was actually on some reservation land, and I he was part of a litter of kittens who was born under a shed next to our site, and the mom Uh moved the other kittens away because there was too much people activity going on. Yeah, and he got left behind. Oh, no. So he was about four or five weeks old, and he joined us, and he came out in the field with us every day, and (laughs) he was was too little at the time to wear a collar around his neck, so he wore it around his waist like a little belt.
1: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So he
2: had a bright orange collar with a bell on it, so we wouldn't step on him.
1: Oh, that's adorable. (laughs) And
2: his name is Flake, because often what I find on archaeology sites are stone flakes. (laughs)
0: So. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's such a good that's name, a too. Great story. Oh, that's adorable. That. Cats are excellent I... supervisors.
4: Yes. yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes.
0: I, I have two of them, and I know they mm-hmm. often supervise my action. I had have to close the door so one of my cats wouldn't come in here and supervise
3: all the Lego on my desk.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> this well, doesn't belong here. It belongs in the floor. Vala
3: walked through here to make sure that I was behaving myself, and then she moved on when she decided I was okay
1: no i thought for a minute rowan when you were saying that the that flake was too small to wear a i don't know why my brain immediately went into like hard hat and vest but somehow yes too small we, for the heart we didn't hat, want him to vest. be safe <laughs> um
2: but the other places that people can find me are um the other thing i do is i write fan fiction not stargate uh-huh. fan fiction unfortunately but you can Groucho. find me on archive of our own uh i where i am Pika scribit, which is P-I-C-A-S-C-R-I-B-I-T. Um, nice. And I'm also Pika underscore Scribit on Twitter.
0: Gotcha. Very good. All I, right. I did enjoy uh, reading your Tumblr after Brent had reached out to you when
4: you,
0: <laughs> when you started posting, well, I guess this is going to happen.
4: <laughs> oh, crap.
0: <laughs> what have I done? <laughs>
2: I'm glad I reached out. Absolutely. This has been a fantastic yeah, conversation. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Great. Thank you, you
3: guys. Oh, yes. So great. So much fun. Thank you, Rowan, for joining us on this podcast. It's been a, a blast. I have uh, enjoyed it immensely. Uh, and I think that I everybody else who listens to it will also Indeed. enjoy it. And if you mm-hmm. don't, well, then you're wrong. Because <laughs> only my perspective is what matters. That's, uh-huh, right.
2: that's right and there's only the one opinion has taught us it's anything. the correct opinion yes <laughs>
3: that's right i just oh. wanted to bring that right back around to the mm-hmm. beginning right
2: yeah but yeah uh, th- thank you so much for inviting me and i i wanted to thank you for all the work that you guys do on the show every week and uh, it's all oh, it's thanks. always thank really you. good to hear a new perspective on the things i enjoy
1: good. awesome glad to hear that glad oh, this is so much it. fun <laughs> so yeah. much
3: fun uh so uh Listeners, if you have any ideas about uh, what we can do here on the other side of the gate, uh, this is sort of an experiment to see uh, what would our conversation be like when we talked to an expert on something. And Rowan, you are our expert on archaeology. You're speaking Yay! for all archaeologists everywhere. No pressure. Uh, so every question about alms.
0: archaeology will be forwarded to you. We expect a prompt
1: response. <laughs> yeah. talk, about, talk about tokenism. Sorry. <laughs> so you know
3: those those of you who know me know that I am a sarcastic sarcastic person. I'm gonna be yeah.
1: You masquerade as a sarcastic person, Zach.
3: Right. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You are much more authentic and genuine than you give yourself credit for.
3: Fair enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in any case, uh, thank you. Um, one of the things that I had an idea uh, is possibly talking about wormholes uh, from Ooh. like an astrophysicist's perspective. Ah. Uh, so, not like like a, a uh, science fiction perspective, but a science perspective. Yeah. Uh, and so, I'm just going to toss this out there to, you know, all of you who listen to this. If you know an astrophysicist who happens to like Stargate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: or who just wants to talk about wormholes and
3: or stuff whatever. like that. Oh my you know? Let us know. Would so, yes. That would be so cool. That would be the coolest.
1: It, I would literally flip out in a good way. That yeah. would be a lot of fun. So
3: I do have a friend from college who is a legitimate astrophysicist. Yeah. Um, I don't know... Whether or not he's ever watched Stargate, although I am fairly certain that uh, he was part of the group that I watched Children of the Gods with when we were in uh-huh. college. Um, uh-huh. So there's a possibility there, but it's and a... he saw
1: he may he have saw just the gate seen that
3: one episode, like,
0: but it's
1: enough. Yes, yeah. He was like, <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah, like that's <laughs> not how the gate. That's not how this works. That's terrible. I'm out. <laughs> um, I
0: was talking to someone yesterday. And he said, "Oh yeah, Stargate. I saw that movie. I,
4: I, I have the same reaction every
0: time. To say movie, there's 17 years of television that followed that movie. Oh, really? I I never really watched the show. Oh my yep, god, I can't yep. talk to you. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, but it doesn't have to be astrophysics. Uh, whatever it is, if you are an expert in your field, whatever that field may be, and it relates to Stargate, let us know. Or if it um, doesn't, it, you know." Well,
0: well it should farming. okay yeah it's a stargate podcast
3: this is a stargate Stargate's podcast right? david <laughs> we're good <gonna laughs> we talk can about make stargate. we did it we once or twice on this
0: subject. episode so we're good yeah. yeah so so yeah you know uh, someone let us know if you have things you want us to talk about ideas you want us to dig into please let us know i i almost tried to say the email address and i brain faded on it walking well, through the stargate <laughs> at
4: gmail.com
0: how could i not remember that
3: that yeah, is you got at gmail.com.
0: I think yep. everyone knows how to spell it at this point. Hey, Rowan, you want to try spelling out, walking through the story at gmail.com Ooh. as fast you know, as you can? You
2: know, I am at the bottom of a glass of wine here, and I don't think i better <laughs> Oh, now you that, have that to. That would be even
4: better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was
4: damn, That's such a great thing.
1: W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-R-G-A-T-E okay. at We won't make our
0: guest do it. Again, thank you for being our guest on this show. Yes, thank you. Thank, well, thank you, for you. Thank you. Playing with us here. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was my this pleasure. So much fun. And, and yeah. so, go ahead, David. No, I was going to say what you're going to say.
3: Oh, okay. I was going to say. And uh, with that, uh, I say I'm Zach, and I'm David, and I'm Brent, and I'm Rowan. And this has been the Other Side of the Gate, a Walking Through the Stargate podcast. See you next time. Bye.
1: Bye. Bye. We have got the best jobs in the world, don't we? I'm gonna hit the shower.
3: I'm gonna find a doctor. We are indeed suitably employed. Yeah. 1,
1: We did it. We did, we did it. it. Yay. Wrap All it right. up. That's it. That's the show. Oh, Good fantastic. Job, everybody. <laughs> nice to meet <laughs> you guys. Thank you very much, Roland. <laughs> Thank you. We learned so much. <laughs> we we learned how to count together. <laughs> <laughs>